on. My original mic I might still messed up. We got this other one on here, so maybe in and out a little bit. They're doing a putting a kids program for Christmas together as we do every year. So uh, I'm not sure. Seventeenth, I think, is when that's taking place. So seventeenth uh, of December. So make note of that, especially if you're a parent. I know they need the kids here for. Uh, for putting that place together and, and the help they're doing. So, are you glad to be here this morning? Yeah, we've been in this series called Mountaintops. And this is the fourth Sunday of it. And um, first Sunday was uh, safe faith and strong faith. Second Sunday was faith and identity. And last week was loyalty and disloyalty. And this week is about, more than anything, it's titled commitment, but more than anything, it's about unconditional love. And, uh, We've been looking at Jonah and Daniel. How many's been here for all the weeks? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what you're getting out of. But I'm getting a lot out of it. And this week is just could it really just pounding me on some things. And uh, these 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 wonderful people, the history and of the Old Testament are, are, are lives that were actually lived and written down that we can watch them, go with them, and see what they're doing, how they're living, how they're living towards God, or how they're pulling away from God, and then we apply that to our lives. These, these men, these women, they actually, everybody say they lived. Somehow I think people don't really think these, these wonderful history lessons are real. They lived. They were written down that we can live our life the way God asked us to live. Um, and the Old Testament is a wonderful book to, to, to see that just complete application of our lives. There's a There's a, 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 a issue with the with the with the church with a lot of us, and it's called unconditional love. Everybody say unconditional love. Now I, I found something in Jonah that I probably not not really had, had noticed before, and I, I struggled with Jonah because Jonah was completely doing the opposite of what God wanted him to do, which is what we find a lot of us we find ourselves doing that, especially if we don't know who Jesus Christ is in our lives, we continually go away from Him. But those men and women that know God and then still pull back from God, I struggle with that because I, I, I understand it, but God is love. And, and why we don't want to be around a God that is love, that continues to pour out love, that shows us how to love, that teaches us how to love, is beyond me. I want to know how to do those things. So with the lesson this morning with Jonah, we're going to learn about unconditional love and not so much unconditional love he's on a different mountaintop than Daniel let's pray Father as we come before you this morning Lord we pray for your Holy Spirit to be upon us that Lord we take these wonderful lessons of your history and your people that we can apply it to today in 2017 not only do we apply it that we fall in love with it that we make a commitment that this is the way we're going to live and that we never stray from that commitment. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercies. It's in your name we pray. Everybody says. I'm going to start. It's not in your bulletin. I'm going to start with something I decided to read this morning. It's out of 1 John chapter 4, verses 8, 8 and 11. It says, he who does not love does not know God. Grab a hold of that in a minute. It says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 
And in verse 11 it says, Beloved, that's the other words he's talking to his church. He says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The two greatest commandments is love God, love your neighbor, love others. Everybody agree with that? Okay, now love God, everybody says, well, I can love God. Well, you can love God in, in, a, in a, maybe the way you think you're loving God, but those two commandments cannot be split. You have to love God and love others. That, does that make sense? And, and, and if you love God and, and you're in full rebellion and all this other stuff, but then you say you love others, that's, that's an oxymoron. They don't fit together. They don't fit together. So as a, as a, as a human, as, a, as my nature is to do the easy things, that sin nature we have, like it's like a river that flows. It always goes the easy path. And that's kind of the way we are. If, if we decide to, I don't want to cause trouble, I don't want to do anything, we'll either shut up or, or we'll just agree with somebody whether it's right or wrong. But true unconditional love always gives out truth. Amen? Because it, God will handle the rest of it. But we give out truth. And our truth only comes from one place, the Word of God. Okay. Are we ready to get started? If the foundation, listen to this now, if the foundation of your commitment is not based on unconditional love for God and others, then it's based on self-determination. I, I, can, I can have a, a basis of my life that I'm determined to make this work. It's based on self-determination, which will fail when self has had enough. Does that make sense? Everybody say something. Give me something. I thought that was pretty good. I thought God like, gave me that prayer. I thought that was pretty good. If the foundation of your commitment is not based on unconditional love for God, that means, that means no matter what it looks like, I love God more than anything, so I'm going to go with this. Even if I don't agree with it deep into my physical body, I'm going to go with it. And others, that I have to love God and others according to the scriptures, then it's based on self-determination. In other words, I'm going, to, I'm going to base what I'm going to do for God because I want to do it. And then I'm going to kind of fool myself and say, well, I love God, but I'm not really fond of these other people. Now, I've got to admit, there's a lot of people I don't care for. But that doesn't mean I don't love them. There's not one soul. But I want to see burning hell. Not one. Not one Muslim, not one anything. My, my understanding is I just want them to love Jesus Christ. And if they love Jesus Christ, their life changes and draws towards him. Towards the scriptures. Towards the word of God. So I have to determine. I have to continue to check my life, check myself. I say I love God, but do I love others? I have to do that. Which will fail when self has had enough, because self has enough, amen? You ever buy a go to work and they get a go to work and they say, Well, I've had enough this place. Well, the first day they start, I love that job. Oh man, it's the best job in the world. About six months later, oh, what was I thinking? I've been on their jobs, I've been going on jobs, I'm all make a ton of money on this job. About halfway into it, it's like, oh man, I had to be nuts to think about that. It's just it's it's our nature. If unconditional love is not part of your commitment, then conditions will cloud your love. See, if you make a commitment to God, and it's not based on the unconditional love for God and, and others, then it will start to cloud your love. In other words, Jonah had a commitment to God. And we're going to see this clearly today. He, he loved God, but his commitment was based on what Jonah wanted, 
not what God wanted. Daniel, which we'll look at, completely opposite. <laughs> Symptoms of hatred include rebellion. Rebellion, disloyalty, which we talked about that last week, negative perceptions, and attitude. Let me. Jonah had all these symptoms, and yet God loved him and had a plan for him. Everybody believe that? He absolutely did. Now, let me ask you something. I got brought up. Now, my grandson back here, Lucas, his lips started, lick, I mean, he started licking his lips when he saw the ravioli. Now, I don't know what's all in this ravioli, and really I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't eat it much. When I was a kid, I'd eat the SpaghettiOs once in a while or whatever, but I don't, I'm not much on this today. Now, but I know Lucas back here loves the raviolis. I think he does. Now, now I, I'm not much on maple syrup because I just don't like sweet stuff very much. But a lot of you like, oh, what's this called? Mrs. Butterworth. Y'all like that on your pancakes or on your waffles or whatever? Sure you do. I watch Braden, my oldest grandson. He just can't get enough of it. You take a bottle like this, it's half empty. I mean, gets done poured on there. He just loves it. Now, the problem is I also got some popcorn here. Now, I do like popcorn. Now, if I take all these things and I put them all in the ravioli, what have I got? I got a mess. I got a mess. Well, if I take all these symptoms here, which is hatred and disloyalty, rebellion, negative perception, and I put them all together, what have I got? You got a mess. And that's what a lot of us live with. We've got these things we're, we're putting together. We've got all these symptoms out here. We put them together, and what we've got is a mess. We've got a heart that's not right with God. That's what we've got. And, that, and, and all this rebellion and disloyalty and all these things, that's just the symptoms of the problem. The problem is the ravioli is okay by itself. You don't need anything else. If you love God, that's all you need. That's all you need. Love and hate cannot work together it's in the kingdom of God. You cannot, it will not happen. Which hatred do you find, will you find yourself running from God? And into the bottom of the self-pity ship of life. With hatred, that's what happens. You'll run from God. I'm trying to get to the scriptures here. Okay, Jonah. I, I'm only in verse 6 here. I've been on this for the fourth week. I mean, there's so much in these scriptures. You just keep pulling out and pulling out. And we know that Jonah is stuck in the bottom of the ship. Not stuck there. He, 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 he went there freely. And that's where a lot of us go when we're in self-pity. We go to the bottom part of our life where full of self-pity. Now, Jonah's there, and, and I've given you a lot of reasons why, but this is another one. I, I struggle with this one because I know who Jonah, he, God had a plan for him. Jonah was a prophet, and God loved him, and he loved God, but there's an issue. Jonah didn't love people, not the people God wanted him to love. In fact, he hated them so much that he ran from God. He ran from God. And it was one reason he ran, because he didn't agree with God. God wanted to change, change Nineveh. He wanted to help them, soften them up. And Jonah thought he had the better plan and go the other way. And of course, it didn't work out. So not only did Jonah hate the people, he had to hate them or he would have gone there and done what God did. So he, on one hand, you say, God, he loves God. He's the prophet of God. But on the other hand, he's not going to do, he's not going to go where God tells him to love certain people. Now, we, we got an issue with that. I've got to love all people. Everybody agree with that? Okay, but we see completely... An oxymoron here with Jonah. He doesn't. But we are called to love all people unconditionally. No matter what's taking place in their life, no matter what's going on, we still love them. They may not understand our love, but that's okay. 
as long as I am right with God. Amen? Am I making sense to y'all? Okay. So the, Jonah's on this ship. The water, and God caused the waves and all the water. It's complete, complete chaos. They're throwing everything overboard to try to lighten the load so the ship won't sink. And the captain finally says, he, so, so the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? And look at the word sleeper there. I mean, Jonah just absolutely doesn't care about anything that's going on. Not only he's a sleeper, he doesn't care. He, he, Jonah's an evangelist. He's supposed to be telling people about God. What an opportunity in the tragedy of people's lives. We're supposed to tell people about God at that time. But where do you find Jonah? Not caring, which is another part of hate. He's a complete rebellion of God. All these symptoms have come together, and he's not going to do anything that he knows to do. I mean, when you've got somebody in a tragedy in your life, the first thing you want to do is tell them about Jesus Christ. You want to tell them about the love of God, to try to help comfort them, to rest them, to let them know there is a power that's called the Holy God that has power over our lives that can help them through the situations in their lives. And I believe that with all my heart. I've seen it over and over again. He calls him sleeper, and he says, Arise, call on your God. When you talk about somebody begging to hear the word of God, I mean, here's a guy, hey, will you look at my shirt? Ask me to pray for you, right? That, that's this call on your God to help us. Ask me to pray for you. That's what he's doing. Pray for us that we won't be, fall apart here, that we won't be killed. Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God would consider, consider us so that we may not perish. They knew their life was in turmoil, in danger, right? Jonah was so much of rebellion and so much of hatred for what God wanted him to do that he couldn't even recognize all this. Isn't it strange where rebellion and disloyalty can take you? It can take you farther and farther away from the, the love of God, the truth of God. It can take you so far away from it. You say, well, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, well, so was Jonah. He was great, he was good, but he had an issue in his life that had to be cleaned up in his life. And it was love others. It was love others. No matter what they look like, no matter where they're at, no matter what they've done to you, it's love others. Because Nineveh was a, a barbaric place. They did things, if you go read in the history about that, they did things that were totally unbelievable what they would do to people when they'd capture them. God was going to soften their hearts because in a short time, Nineveh was going to take over Israel. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots. In other words, I don't know what kind of lots they were throwing. I don't know what they were doing. And they're going to cast lots to find out who has caused this situation. That we may know who's caused this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and guess who it fell to? Is that surprising? It didn't fall to, to Jim or Tom. Or to, I don't know, Pirate Pete or somebody. It fell to Jonah. God's all over this. He's all over this. He sees the failures of Jonah. He sees the hate of Jonah. He sees it all, but he's got a plan for Jonah. And he's going to take Jonah through this and work out this every step of the, every step he can. Verse, uh, verse 8, then they said to him, Pray, please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? Give us your testimony. Give, give me your testimony. He's asking, tell me who you are. Why is this happening? 
And it goes on and says, what is your occupation? They're just, they're cluing him, trying to get some information. Their lives are at stake. And where do you come from? What is your country? And, do, and to what peoples are you? So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. And fear is that all, that love, not, not a scary fear. Who made the sea and the dry land. He's saying God created faith. This is the God I create. This is the God I love. This is the God that's take doing all this. That's what he's telling them. Who made the sea and the land. And he said, goes on, he says, then the men were what? Exceedingly what? Afraid. They saw the situation at hand. They saw this man laying in the bottom of the ship. And they're like, man, this, this is not going to be good at all. Why have you done this? Why have you done this? And then it says, for the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Scary stuff right there. Love, unconditional love. We, we've just witnessed the only reason that Jonah could, could be in this situation is because he did not love according to God's word. He took his love according to Jonah's word, his own self-determination. Love, to learn more about God. And this, you need to write this one down. Everybody, write, I have a couple of principles for you, and you write this one down. To learn more about God is to trust what you are yet to learn about him. Amen? Now, you, we, let me go through that a little bit. There's a lot of things about God that I can understand in his word, but a lot of things that happen in my life, I don't know how God's going to handle these things. I, I, I've not figured them out, but the best thing is I don't have to figure it out. If I have to trust God in them. Because I know he loves me. I know he has his best interest for me. So, for, for, this is going to, to Daniel. This is what Daniel is going to face here. To learn more about God is to trust what you are yet to learn about him. See, there's a whole lot about God that I want to learn. And if I want to learn it, I can open the scriptures, but I can also learn it through that and through the situations in my life, the tragedies, the good things, all those things, and I'm learning how to trust God more. I've yet to learn how to trust God the way the Apostle Paul learned or the way Billy Graham does it, or the way Franklin Graham does it. I've yet to learn those things. I don't know those ways. But I'm willing to learn, and I have to learn unconditional love. And I'm going to be honest with you, I struggle with it. I, I just struggle with it. There's a lot of cultures out there I don't like. But I don't want them in hell either. I don't. So I need to go through these things that God wants to put me through. Even though I don't understand it, I'll understand more about God on the other side of it. Does that make sense to y'all? Daniel could have chosen hatred. Daniel. He, he was in a, in a position that about, um, the Babylon's come over and destroyed Israel, or Judea, took all of them captive. His whole life was turned upside down. He could have chose hatred. And who would blame him? Well, yeah, look what happened to him. His life is completely less. His parents are who knows where. His family, who knows where. It's just completely turned upside down. He's a slave. Yet he was a, living as a noble in, the, in, the, in Judea, part of Israel. But now his whole life is completely turned around. Some of us can go through that. We can put that to a personal application. You're living a great life. And then all of a sudden, one day, something happens. Somebody, a phone call. You ever, been on the, you ever been on the other end of those phone calls when they come? My, I put, a lot of you know that my sister lost her husband about 15 years ago. 
55 years old, three days retired from Chevrolet and killed on a motorcycle. She got the phone call. She had a, a life planned out. A life completely planned out. People are retired, they're young, they're going to go do their thing. Life changed. She was ill-prepared for it. Daniel could have chosen hatred. Who could blame him? But instead, he chose unconditional love, not just for God, but others. Not just for God, but others. Because sooner or later, by the mercies of God, maybe it will not happen, but maybe it will. That phone's going to ring, and maybe it's not you. Maybe it's a loved one or a friend or somebody that's got a friend or something that's struggling with something. You've got to be prepared for those things. You learn from them. Symptoms of love. Unconditional love. Symptoms of it. Obedience. Ghosting me back. Obedience. Obedience to God's word. Obedience to what God's giving us to do. A direction in life. The plan he has for life. Jonah never had the obedience. Daniel had obedience. No matter what was in front of him, he had obedience. Trust. Jonah never trusted God. Daniel trusted God. Jonah was not committed with his unconditional love. Daniel was. And let me tell you, Daniel wasn't a prophet. He was just a young boy at this time. Big difference. The young kids out there, don't give me the excuses. Loyalty. We talked about that last week. Jonah was not. He was disloyal. Daniel's always loyal, no matter what the circumstance, no matter if he understands it or not. Hope. Jonah brought no hope to the sailors. Daniel brought hope to all of Israel and Judea that was held captivity. He brought hope to them. Prayer. Jonah never prayed. He stayed in the bottom of the ship until they went down there and got him. The first thing Daniel does, you'll see it over and over again, is he prays. Ask me to pray. He prays. There's a big difference, and you have to determine which side of am I on here. There's no middle ground. You can't say, well, I'm halfway here and halfway there. No, there's no middle ground with God. There never has been. There's no fence setting with God. It's either you're a Jonah or you're a Daniel. It's just the way it is. And, and hard truth are hard truth. You say, well, I don't want to hear that, preacher. makes me feel bad. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. We've got too many Christians out there not living with unconditional love in their lives. Too many. Too many oxymorons in their lives. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2. And this is a, this love thing. We, we talk about it in weddings, talk about it in funerals, talk about a lot of things. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. In other words, speaking with the word of God, with love and love for me, whatever, but have not love. I have become like sounding brass and clanging. In other words, I'm just, when Tabitha gets up there and pounds on these cymbals up here, it sounds pretty good. You put me behind there, buddy, you're going to run out of the room. It's just bang, bang, bang. See, and that, that's what it is. If you're living a life of Jonah, but you come up and you say, oh, I love this and I love that one, it's just clanging to the ears. It's not truth. It's funny how the little kids know truth faster than adults sometimes. I have not loved. I have become sounding brass and a clanging symbol. And two, it says, and though I have the gift of prophecy, Jonah had a gift of prophecy. And understanding of all mysteries and all knowledge, Jonah had these things. And though I have all faith, Jonah had faith. 
he had faith that God was going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. That's why he was in the shape he was in. That's why he was in the bottom of the ship, because he knew God was going to do it. He had faith. I have also faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love. I am, everybody say, nothing. So how important is love? It's everything. It's everything we got. Unconditional love. In other words, I don't look at somebody and say, I love them because they're this, this, and this. I look at them and say, I love them because Jesus Christ loves them. And I'm following Jesus Christ. Amen? Daniel 2.7. Nebuchadnezzar is going to have a dream. There's a lot of things in this. We're only going to pull out a few, but yeah, he's going to have a dream. And Nebuchadnezzar's got his wise men. He's got his astrologers and his sorceries. He's got all that. And he's going to pull them together because he has this dream, and he, can't, he makes no sense out of the dream. And then the verses before 7 here, he's telling them about the dream. And he's going to throw a curveball to them because he understands if you tell somebody, well, give me the interpretation of the dream, and he tells you the dream, they can give you whatever interpretation they want to. He understands that, but Nebuchadnezzar, he's pretty wise. He goes on and he says, I'm not going to give you the dream. You're going to give me the dream. And if you don't, I'm killing you. In fact, I'm going to cut you in pieces. This is the king. can do anything he wants. Iraq, Iraq today, the king Nebuchadnezzar, that's what he says he's going to do, and that's what he's going to do. His word's final. That's what he's going to do. And they, they start to get panicked. They answered him again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream, we, and we will give his interpretation. Verse 14 to 20, it says, and he's not going to do that. Remember, he's not going to do that. He's going to make them give him the dream and the interpretation. And, and so the, the guards start to go around. They're going to go throughout the whole country. They're going to kill all the, I mean, just wipe them out. They're going to kill them all. He signed a decree, and that's what's going to happen. And so they start. In verse 14, they start to come to Daniel. Then with the counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered, uh, Ush, I can't remember how to pronounce that guy. Ushra, or let's see. Avio is how you pronounce that. Isn't that weird? Don't look like it. Avio, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. In 15, he says, he answered and said to, Annie, to, to whoever, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent? In other words, why is it so urgent? Well, it's because God. There's a couple of things here that's going to happen. We're going to see the unconditional love of, of Daniel, but we're going to see God remove obstacles from Daniel. He's going to remove the wise men, all the people that the king would turn to. He's going to remove these men. He's going to clear that path that Daniel will be right with the king. He answered and said to Whoever the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then uh, Evo, whatever, made the decision known to Daniel. In 16, it says, so Daniel, where it, where, Daniel went and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and, and his companions. In verse 18, he says that they might seek what? Mercy, they're going to pray. I mean, the first thing they're going to do is pray. Because not only their life depends on it, everything depends on it. 
they want God's glory seen through them. They're going to pray. From the God of heaven concerning this secret, so then Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in the night vision. Why did God give Daniel the secret? Daniel loved. It wasn't just about Daniel's life. He had made a decision to love the king that destroyed his life. He made the decision that I'm going to love unconditionally. No matter what takes place, I'm going to love unconditionally. I'm going to be obedient to God. I'm going to be faithful to God. All these things, all these ingredients, these symptoms end up being the unconditional love that God asks us to have. Humility. No pride. Get rid of that stuff. And that all comes to brings that unconditional love for God and for others in place. Because I'll be honest with you, the, the king Nebuchadnezzar, he, he's the last guy I'd want to help. He just destroyed all of Judea. He just destroyed it. Why would you want to help him? Well, your life depends on it. I don't think Daniel was scared of that at all. He loved. He loved the people that was held captive. He knew all this would take place. It would be easier. The hope that it would bring, he loved. 19, it says, then the secret was revealed to Daniel at night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. What did he do? He prayed. So God gave him the insight that he needed. He was confident in it. He was confident in the commitment he made to God. He was confident in the love he had for God. He was confident in the unconditionally had for everybody. He was committed to it. His life was dependent on it. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Before he ever went to the king. See, Daniel didn't know yet. That, that one principle I told you to write down. Daniel didn't know yet what was going to take place. He trusted. He had all the tools that God gave him. He had the right symptoms, the right ingredients. He had it all. But he still had to trust. He didn't know where the God would pull this up. He didn't know yet what God was going to do. What he knew, he loved about God. He loved people. And that was enough. That was enough. And he had to go before the king, and we'll read about that later on next week. He blessed the name of God forever and ever. The wisdom and the might are his. I don't, I don't know where you are with unconditional love. But I know where God wants you to be. I don't know where you are with love with God, but I know where God wants you to be. Are you loving others the way you're supposed to? Are you somewhere with Jonah somewhere, just kind of going through the motions, thinking that God's going to be okay with whatever you go through, whatever you do? Are you, what's your symptoms when it comes to God? Maybe you don't have any symptoms. And that's scary. Do you do things for God out of self-determination or out of love? Let's stand. I threw a little curveball on the word for the week, so you might 
Who can start us out? Yeah, everybody say two. <laughs> two what? Two profess. Yeah. Give it, yeah. Just a kind of one on about 130 or 40 here today. Do you love God this way? Do you profess to love God? Because I'm going to tell you, Jonah would have professed to love God. He would have said, I'm God's prophet. I, I, I'm in the plans of God. But can you understand that loving God and not loving people, it doesn't work together? It, it cannot, it will not work together. And if that's your case, then God will allow these things, take you through these things. And a lot of people are going to have to go along with you. A lot of people are going to be hurt by what God's going to take you through, but God's going to use these things. It's always for his glory. Have you yet to, to follow God and understand God and trust? Daniel had to follow him and trust him. Had to trust him. Some of you don't know who Jesus Christ is. There's no doubt about that. I'm not that naive. Some of you have got a general idea of who he is. A good man, a good this, a good that. Some of you are still thinking you've got to work your way to heaven. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. For you that think that way, if you think that way, then you, when you look at a cross, it means nothing to you. Because the cross has no meaning if you're thinking you have to work your way to heaven. Jesus Christ died on the cross that we don't have to work our way to heaven because we can't. He proved that in, through the Old Testament, through the Old Covenant. That's why we have the New Covenant under Jesus Christ. The mercy, the grace. Also, when you're working that way, you're doing things to benefit yourself and not others. Everything is based on you. Unconditional love, it doesn't work that way. Loving God doesn't work that way. It's based on him. It's based on others. It takes it off of me. I love because he loves. Because I am incapable of loving in any other fashion. Unconditional love is the, one of the hardest things the church will always deal with. Always deal with it. Because we always enter self into it. And when we enter self into it, we blew it. And so therefore, we, our, our, our things we go through may not look like a, a bottom of a ship, but then again, it could look like complete chaos. You say, I thought God was a God of love. He is. And that he loves you so much, he's going to allow things to take place in your life to draw you closer to him, to trust him. There's a lot of you who have gone through a lot of things and the health issues in your life. A lot of you have done that. I've seen it. I've been with you. And the whole time, all I can think of is we've got to trust God no matter what it looks like. Amen? I go to bed thinking, the Turners have got to trust God. Other people, you've got to trust God. Lord, let them trust you. Let them look and see the, your power, your love for them, even though it looks completely crazy in our lives. It looked crazy to Daniel, too. He's no different than we are, except he loved God with passion, and he loved people. 
grew to know God more through those things. Jonah was just the opposite. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is, 